The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. It's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Rick and for Dave Stern. By day, we are the publishers of Eckhart's Press and Chicago Author Solutions by night. We are unappreciated husbands and fathers, and in our spare time, Dave, we are consumers of what? Worthless information, Ricky. That's right. What else can you call worthless information? Minutia. That's right. That's what we are. And as Robert Feeder described our Minutia Men podcast, it features Kempfer and Stern sharing stories and drawing on their vast treasures of worthless information. That's what the show is in a nutshell. And I think we should set the scene a little bit today because I'm a little worried, to be honest with you. I've got a son home uh, who's a college student, and his college year is over. So He's not going to get – it's only 1120. We're, not, we're just taping this 1126. He's not getting up, is he? No, probably not, but it's possible. It could happen. Also, uh, as we speak, the dog is outside. My dog, Ivy, is outside in the backyard, and the mailman could come at any moment, and when the mailman arrives, she goes completely crazy. Um, and um, my daughter's bat mitzvah is Saturday, and my wife is upstairs, so she might come down uh, in a fit of anger about something and kill me. So, uh, so yeah, this this could be a good one. This could be, you know, the this could be the last episode. But we've had a good run, Rick. Three episodes. We don't have. you think? Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, and you know, we're probably we're more fortunate than a lot of shows throughout history, Rick. Um, I, I'm sure you know this. There are shows that have been canceled. After one episode. That's true. Especially in television. Uh, well, in television, right. Uh, yeah, podcasts, I guess you can run forever. Um, and uh, But I wanted to pay uh, what would like my, my, my respects or my, is it homage? Tribute. to Yeah, tribute. That's a good word. To some shows that only lasted um, uh, one episode. And I thought it would be fun. Because some of these these shows are hilarious, and and there's obvious reasons why it did not they did not last. But I thought it'd be fun if I gave you three shows. Okay, I've made up one of these shows, okay. but two of these are actual real shows that lasted one episode in in television. And okay. I thought it would be funny if I I get and you guess the one that is fake. All okay? right. Okay. Yeah, I'm game. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, the first uh, first one, the bucket list, January seventeenth, two thousand and eleven. It's a Fox reality game show in which three people with terminal diseases square <laughs> off in a Jeopardy esque trivia contest. The winner gets their extravagant bucket list request granted, starring British game show host Philip Schofield. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Number two, Lawless. March 22nd, 1997, debuted and also ended that day. Fox action series starring former American football star Brian Bosworth okay, as a private I, investigator. I remember that one. Okay. Um, the, the series centered on John Lawless, an ex-Special Forces operative who became a motorcycle riding private investigator in Miami's South Beach. Okay, I'm going to say that one's real. Um, and the third one. Yeah. Hi, honey, I'm home. September 30th, 1990. 
<laughs> British television comedy that spoofed American sitcoms of the 1950s and the 1960s by featuring, featuring caricatures of Adolf Hitler and Eva Braun, who live in matrimonial bliss until they become neighbors to a Jewish couple. Oh, my God. This has got Dave Stern written all over it. That one is totally uh, fake. I've, I've, which would the Heil, Heil, uh, Heil Honey, I'm Home? Heil Honey, I'm Home. I'm going to say that one's fake. Well, Rick, Hi, Honey, I'm Home is a British sitcom written by Jeff Atkinson and produced in 1990. This is totally true. That was canceled after one episode. Gee, I it can't imagine on... why. <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine the pitch the pitch meeting for this one? Hey, hey Marty, I got a great idea. Uh, it centers on fictionalized versions of Adolf and Ava, who live next door to a Jewish couple, <laughs> Amy, is... <laughs> Amy and Rosa Goldenstein. Okay. <laughs> And the first episode, uh, the first and only episode here, the first episode opens with a caption card explaining Heil Honey's fictional backstory. It supposedly comprises of rediscovered, rediscovered lost tapes of abandoned, never-aired America, American sitcoms created by blah, blah, blah. But the first episode features British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain <laughs> coming to the Hitler house <laughs> and not wanting the Goldensteins to interrupt their visit. Hitler instructs Ava to keep it from Rosa. But but obviously she fails and wackiness ensues, Rick. I have to see that. I have yeah. to see that. Well, it, there's only one episode. Um, you I know what? I got, I got to say... All right, so I know that that is really offensive and horrible in so many ways, but I bet it, I bet it was pretty funny. It was great. I, in <laughs> fact, when I was going through and researching, I'm like, how did that not make it? <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. I mean, think of the fun you could have. Um, you know, one of the other so things. Yeah, that is that one of the other things Dave and I do, uh, just to get people uh, tuned. And we kind of, what this is, uh, I'm going to say it's of the the same ilk. And one of the things that we do is every year when we hit another birthday, we kind of make fun of famous and important people who thought they were really, really cool, but didn't right. make it, didn't live as long as we did. Right, right, right. And, and so, this yeah. year, turning 53, when we turn 53, Dave, just so you know, yeah. you, you have one over uh, William Shakespeare. Yeah. He only made Bite it me to 52. Barred. Yeah, exactly. Peter the Great. Not so great. Not so great, huh? Not so great. And Harry Houdini. All yeah, only made it to on. 52. Yeah. Um, do you want me to tell my, my Harry Houdini story? Yeah, sure. Um, in, in my family, it was lore that, that, that Houdini went to my grandfather's funeral. My grandfather died in 1933 in Berlin. And, and your grandfather it, was a big it, uh, uh, newspaper publisher, right? Right. He actually owned, he owned the largest newspaper in Berlin at the or he was part of the partners that owned the largest newspapers in Berlin. And it was like I said, it was I, I told all my friends and you, you know, college. If I wanted to impress a girl, you know, first thing out of my mouth was, you know, Houdini was at my grandfather's funeral um, until about 20 years ago or 15 years ago when I told it to Paul Applebaum, my buddy, um, and he said, "Well, how did that be? Didn't Henry or didn't Harry Houdini die in like 1931?" And then I looked it up, and sure as shit, Harry Houdini couldn't have been unless it was his best trick ever uh, at my grandfather's funeral. You know, so I was favorite, telling a lie. My favorite part of that story, other than just uh, your ignorance about 
the possibility of this being true or not is that Paul Applebaum knew the year that no. Harry Houdini died. I, I mean, who I know. knows that? I I know. That is yeah, minutia. Yeah, bite me, Paul. Yeah, exactly. He could be an honorary minutia. Do you want to know which of the three shows was not true? Well, I, we know now, don't we? It was the first one. So you wrote that one yourself? Heil, honey, I'm home? No, no, no. You the first, I've already guessed that it was not the Bosworth oh. one, and it wasn't the... Uh, oh, right. So I've already the guessed bucket it. List. The bucket right, list. Right, the bucket list. Although, yes. there are people at Fox right now going, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there's a real show that actually, as I was doing research, uh, January 2005, called The Will, which is a CBS reality show in which family members and friends competed to be named the beneficiary of a will. This is true. Um, it aired once in January of 2005 um, in New Zealand. That was uh, The Hasselhoffs, Rick. That yeah. was a real one. It was a reality show. Starring David Hasselhoff and his two daughters. Okay. Canceled after one episode. <laughs> um, and, and Historical Obsessions, December 2004. It's an A&E reality series that follows people obsessed with historical figures from the past. The first and only episode follows the bizarre lives of nine Americans who are so infatuated with history that they act, dress, and mimic famous figures from the past in all facets of their daily lives. Episode one features Hitler, the Marquis de Sade, <laughs> Ernest Hemingway, Mango King of Pickles, I don't even know who Mango King of Pickles is, Pythagoras and his theorem, uh, Edgar Allan Poe, Tycho Brahe, Ben Franklin, and Anne Frank. How long was that show? Uh, it actually was zero, because that's the one I made up. I made that one up, too. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, all right. So I've got some minutia that I'd like to share with you. This is not made up, right? This is a... Uh, by the way, you hear the dog barking back there? Maybe not. Is that Ivy? It is. That is my dog. Ma uh, Mail's here. Mail's mail here. is here. Right, exactly. Uh, I want to tell you about a, a German sex manual. This is a totally true story. And uh, I'm going to read you right from the UPI story. With a heavy dose of their typical bluntness, the German government yeah. created a website dedicated to teaching the influx of Middle Eastern immigrants the ins and out of sex in German culture. <laughs> okay, now, this it sounds like a fake story, uh, right, like the right. one you just mentioned. But the reason I knew it was real uh, immediately is because I, you know, I grew up in Germany, and the Germans are amazingly open about sex. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think, think that. that. Right. <laughs> but they really are. In fact, there are sex shops everywhere in Germany. You go to an uh, airport. It, there, you land in, in Frankfurt or whatever. There's a sex shop right there. It's all because you know, they need to make sex as efficient as possible. Right, right. And, and I'm sure that the hours of the sex shop, punctual. Very much well, so. Open at 8. Five o'clock. Very you know? much so. But also, Ger um, Germans are very comfortable with nudity in a way that is disconcerting, even for Americans. Like, we're, you know, prudish Americans. We go to, uh -huh. to Germany, and you see billboards with nude women. You, and then even in, like, public parks, like uh, there's a park in, in Munich called the English Gardens, which sounds innocuous. But it's actually right, a, a sure. nudist place. People, you walk there, you'll be like, hello, strolling through the German park, and then a whole park full of nude people, men, women, old, young, 
children. Midgets, dwarfs. Midgets, dwarfs. Uh, right. Later uh, hose in the list. Completely <laughs> naked. So imagine you're a Middle Eastern uh, person, uh, a refugee, and you come from a culture in which women <laughs> cannot be. Right. You're wearing burkas and the whole bit. Right. Right. So it actually makes sense that they that they put this thing together, although it, it also cost them one hundred and thirty six thousand dollars to create it. And uh, I would love to see it because, according to this uh, article, the site is adorned with cartoon illustrations of various sex acts that are equally graphic and clinical. And again, Germans. Won't you insert your penis right here? <laughs> exactly. And then this is the last part is the part that got me, uh, that made me chuckle. In Bavaria, the local government has begun offering classes for Middle Eastern men on how to properly approach and converse with German women so as not to be offensive. And you must be well-groomed, or you must be punctual for your date. Now, you, it's pretty hard to offend a German woman in the, in the whole sexual realm because, you know, they're pretty open about sex. But I have, compi- I have compiled a list here of things never to say to a German woman. Would you like okay. to hear those, Dave? Sure. And, I, and I'm serious about this. Do never, never, ever say this to a German woman. I'm, visually, I'm envisioning my mom now, rest okay. in peace, that I would say this to her. Okay. Your hummels are in, inefficiently displayed. <laughs> never say that. Never say, do you need help carrying those 14 steins of beer? <laughs> she doesn't need help. Do not ask her that. <laughs> this one is just, this one's just mean, but uh, you probably shouldn't say this to anybody, but particularly a German woman. The flowers in your window boxes are as lifeless as your schnitzel. Never say that. And then finally, this is the last one. Yes, that is a Lantjäger in my pants. And no, I am not happy to see you. Thank you very much. Uh, what, so, like, German sex positions, what, what are they like? Uh, let's do a Dachau style? <laughs> Dachshund. Dach- yeah. What, d- oh, Dachau yeah, Dach- style? Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You just ruined a very, very nice bit right there. You just ruined it. <laughs> I, I was trying to do a German accent. Yes, right. Uh, uh, dachshund. But, I, you know, don't do a Dachau style, style either. No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think we should move on. It's time for okay. our uh, regular <laughs> Cubs feature called... Uh, just One Bad Century. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. So, Dave, this is a kind of a momentous week in Cubs history. Do you know why? Uh, uh, in, in his history, well, now it's because now they're, what, like 20 games over 500. That's pretty good, right? Well, that's that's true. They're actually only 17 games over as we uh, record this. But, yes, that is true. Now, what happened in history? What? Why is this such a big day for you people? This week in 1947, Jackie Robinson played at Wrigley Field for the very first time. Oh. And and the crowd that uh, came out to watch that game, 46,572 paid attendance, is still the all-time record for most fans at a game at Wrigley Field. Really? Yes. So Jackie Robinson's first game, and, it, and and it's kind of a momentous game in, in other ways, too, and that was before that game, African-Americans generally did not go to Wrigley Field. They never attended. Now, there were no black players, obviously, so, uh-huh. 
they they didn't want to go see it very often. But also, it was not a it, it, the neighborhood was lily white, and yeah. so one of the reasons that Philip Wrigley, the owner of the Cubs, was against having black players was because he was afraid that it would ruin the neighborhood for real. Mm. Yeah. They, the Cubs <laughs> took a vote about whether or not they should even uh, take the field when Jackie Robinson came to town, and they all voted no. But the commissioner of baseball forced them to go and, and play the game. Happy Chandler was the name of the commissioner at that time. Forced them to play, and that's why they played. Not now a, the not a Negro proud li- moment. Um, this is our third episode, right? Right. Um, I believe every one of your just one bad centuries that you've done yeah. either is about a Cub player being racist, <laughs> a boozer, yeah. or just a, a, a just just horrible people. Tell me why you root for this team. Well, I didn't know any of this when I became a Cubs fan. I mean, I became a Cubs fan in 1968. They had Ernie Banks and and Fergie Jenkins and Billy Williams and and those were my favorite players the black players were my favorite players I had no idea that this was their history it's not a good one um, no no it isn't and that's why I choose to do the reputable white Sox as my team because there's no issues with that with that franchise no not at all they call the white uh, Sox uh, and uh, the Legui family is actually – I'm doing their their podcast in about 20 minutes, so we got to wrap this one up basically. Okay. Um, actually, you know, there's one other thing about that story. It was the first game that a, uh, uh, a darkness fell over Wrigley Field crowd. Would you like to know why? Other than the fact uh, that uh, it was Jackie Robinson's first game, it was also a famous fan's first game at Wrigley Field. What year? 1947. So a young kid, right? Or, or a young person. So let's say someone born in the mid-30s or so, something like that. Yep. Um, Chicagoan? Chicagoan. Uh, I mean, Al Capone would be – That's he's already dead by then, isn't he? No, when did Al Capone die? I think he died in 47. It wasn't okay, so it wasn't him. I don't know who. Ronnie Woo Woo. <laughs> First, I, and I know this for a fact because I I have interviewed Ronnie Woo Woo, and he told me that he was there for that first game that Jackie Robinson came, and it was, and that was the day that he became a Cubs fan and started going to Cubs games. Yeah. So for uh, sixty nine years, <laughs> for sixty nine years, people have gone to Wrigley Field and heard that guy going woo woo. Uh, you know what I always wanted to do is I always wanted to dress up like a Hasidic Jew and call myself Ronnie Juju and just go, you know, oi, ooh, oi, ooh. What do you think? You think that would work? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, I'm going to tell you something about your uh, Facebook page. Yeah. I'm just going to go off subject here for a second. Yeah. Uh, your Facebook page, you posted a, uh, an article a couple of weeks ago about the number of people in the world that are younger than you do you know what yes. i'm talking about yes yes in fact yes it's uh it was a a chart that you were able to move your age and then it would tell you like yeah what percentage of people on earth are younger and older than you are in fact let me put it up right here i think i uh actually have this it. is like the right. most depressing thing I, it has really affected me um well 
before we go in, before we talk about this chart, you know, something happened to me. I mentioned that Lila's, my daughter's bat mitzvah is, is coming up on Saturday. And I was at the temple on Monday while she was going through her final preparation. You know, you know, she was going through what she has to do with the with the canter. And I and I was walking into the temple and I held the door open for a pretty attractive older woman. I'd say she was like in her early 70s, maybe. But, you know, she's held up well. And she goes, well, thank you. Are you here for the seniors event? Oh, um, oh, ouch. Oh, that was just oh. Right. So that bitch's body should be found about now I would, or in the next day or two. Uh, uh, but let the record show she was kind of hot in a 70-year-old kind of way. So I'm like, I mean, hey, are you know. listening to what you're saying right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what would that be, a GMIF? Oh, oh, a my, grandma? oh my um, God. Dude, stop. <laughs> Uh, well, so, Rick, I got the yeah. I got the chart in front of me. How old are you? You're 52, right? You're actually six weeks older than I am, so you're – your statistics are going to be far worse than mine. When you're 52, guess what percentage of people are um, younger than you are? I know the answer, so go ahead and say it. Uh, 28%. 28% are younger. No, 28% are older than me. That's what – you're correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, 28% are 72% are yeah. younger than me. Seventy-two percent right. of the people right. that are living on Earth right now are younger than you. Are younger than me. Yeah, this has yeah. depressed me for weeks. I'm, I'm serious. I walk around going, "Oh, there's a, there's one, <laughs> or you know, there's, there's another one." Yeah. So thanks, uh, thanks there's very seventy-three much for of that. them. Yeah. There's, uh, well, I've noticed it more and more, especially. I mean, and I don't go to bars particularly frequently, uh, but I'm often the oldest person in a bar, or yeah. one of which the oldest people in the bar. Um, yeah. All right. On that, you know, let's 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 pick this up a little bit. It's time for celebrity potpourri. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture, collection, selection, assemblage, medley, assortment, variety. Time now for celebrity potpourri with Rick and Dave. Celebrity potpourri is the part of our program where Dave sticks his hand into a Costco jar filled with celebrity names. Uh, these are people that I have had brushes with over my many years working in Chicago radio as a producer for Stephen Geary and for John Records Landecker and the various different shows that I've been on. And uh, Dave likes hearing these celebrity stories. So we've written down all their names, putting them in one jar, and each week Dave sticks his hand in there and pulls out a name. And I have to tell I got the story. It. And I got it right here, Rick. Okay. George Carlin. George Carlin. Okay, I met George yeah. Carlin. Um, I can even tell you exactly the day I met him, but I'll save that for the end of the story. It was around 15 years ago. He was a guest uh, on... Oh, hold on. 15 years Fifteen years ago, that means only... I, I don't say that. 64% of the people were younger than you. All right, go on. Why did you do that to me? Seriously, why did you put that on your Facebook page? I mean, what is the pos- what what possible positive reason could you have done that? I'm a half full guy. I mean, that means that you're still, you know, you, you know, you're still younger than what twenty whatever percent, twenty, you know, twenty eight percent. That's good, right? Well, uh, George Carlin is older than me, or was older than me, um, and when I met him, uh, we booked him to come on the show, and he was trying out new comedy material and he would occasionally do this to go on radio shows 
when he was in towns and he would try out new material. And he did this whole hilarious bit about uh, when he watches TV, he loves it when he hears these stories of tons of people dying. They're, you know, like, <laughs> especially like car crashes, let's say, where you're watching the people in the fog. 75 people got into a 75 bar pile, uh, a car pileup on a highway somewhere. And he was riffing, and he and Landecker went back and forth riffing, and it was hysterically funny. I mean, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I, you know, I'm a good audience just in general, but I was on the floor holding my stomach and like hyperventilating. I was laughing so hard. After the interview was over, the program director came into the studio and said, I want a tape of this show because I'm going to send it in for the award ceremonies. And, uh, you know, every year they nominated, uh, you know, Chicago Radio Show of the Year or Old uh-huh. Show of the Year or whatever. And we had just won the award the year before as the best show of the year. And so he took the tape and he submitted it. Now, I'll tell you the date that we did the interview. The date of the interview was September 4th. 2001 the tape was sent in on september 9th 2001 and on september 11th 2001 it was no longer funny his the name of his his he was going to do an hbo special based on this material he was going to call it i kind of like it when a lot of people die and they canceled that Uh, needless to say that did not air yeah. So yeah. Heil, Heil Honey, I'm Home gets an episode and, and George Carlin does it? I know. It's hard to believe. Uh, that, now that is that is great. Yeah, well, um, here's another little, I mean, if you can say, I mean, that's a funny 9-11 story kind of, right? Wacky. Uh, I was in Egg Harbor, on, and that's in Wisconsin, September 12th, the day after 9-11. And I wish I still had the newspaper. The newspaper, the local newspaper in Door County or wherever it was, Egg Harbor, had a headline that said, you know, in big 72-point type, Twin Towers fall, right? And then underneath at a subhead, like 36-point or maybe 24-point or something, Packers game canceled Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) That sums up Wisconsin perfectly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Now, you know, in their defense, it wasn't switched. The Packers wasn't 72-point, you know, or vice versa. But, yeah, that that is what I remember from 9-11. You know, as far as as the George Carlin thing goes, you can hear uh, comedians just in general – they hate each other. They they pretend like they don't. But if you talk, if you ask a comedian to give your impersonation or your impression of another comedian, they will always say, "Yeah, you know, not my cup of tea." But right. Uh, right. if you, know, you like that kind like, of stuff, right. George Carlin was the only one that I can think of that nobody ever said that about. He was he, he was beloved by other comedians, uh, and he had such a great run too. I mean, he had a. 10 years there where he was maybe those were the drug years i don't know um but you know for 50 of his 60 years or whatever 40 of his 50 years he was he was the jackie robinson of comedy he i was. mean he was fantastic they should retire they, they should retire his number they should in every, you know in one of the com- one of the podcasts on the uh, radio misfits podcast uh, network is a podcast called war stories which is uh, live from New York. They've got comedians telling stories. Uh, it's hosted by uh, Richie Redding. Um, and comedians have some great stories. That's a oh, podcast yeah. worth checking out. 
you know, another another podcast that I listen to. Have you listened to that Enos Catuli podcast? Yes. Uh, you sent me oh. the link. It, it, I, I thought that was excellent. It's he, he, oh, You can just tell how much this dude loves the Cubs. And you know if the Cubs do go south. Yeah. I'm turning into that podcast the day, the week after, just li- just 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 to listen to his heartbreak. I mean, it's salty kids oh, out there. Yeah, it's there's a lot of f words popping on that one, but it is a definitely. It, I really enjoy the Enos Catuli podcast. Before we sum up our, our show this week, there is uh, some White Sox minutia, Dave, this week too. Huh. Which White Sox yep. famously celebrated a birthday this week? Excellent. Oh, I know player. this. Yes. Uh, May 5th, Carlos May. No, May 17th, Carlos May. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You know, you know, you're not a White Sox fan at all. You're just a Cub I, I, hater. You don't actually I, like the White Sox. You just hate the Cubs. Hey, if and I've told you this before. If, if God could talk to me and say, look, the Cubs will never win a World Series, but the Sox will never win another one, I'm taking that deal. That's the kind of character you're, you're listening to on yeah. Minutia Men. Uh, you can listen, subscribe, and rate Minutia Men on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Uh, just search for Radio Misfits. And, you know, if you subscribe, it makes it much easier because then it just comes right to your computer. To your mailbox. That's right. And we have to give some special thanks to a few people here. Executive producer Tony Lasano with Opie Productions. Distributed by Ed Silla from the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. If you'd like to contact us, you can contact Rick and Dave. Um, you can check out our websites, EckhartsPress.com and also ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And if you'd like to reach us uh, via email, MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. And we've got a couple of emails this week. Uh, thank you for those people that are checking in. We had a listener this week, uh, Dave, did you see that, that was listening to us in Brazil? Brazil, yes, yes. Sao Paulo. So if uh, next if next week, maybe we'll do some Portuguese. <laughs> uh, did we offend any Brazilians this? I know we we offended Jews and Germans. Uh, any, no, I think I think Brazilians came unscathed. Okay. This this episode i hope you uh, tune in again next week for another episode of that's you dave oh minutia man minutia man thank you time now for rick and dave to both share a story or two about things going on in their lives involving the kids the wives or both and now rick and dave <laughs> i just pressed the wrong button <laughs> uh, that was the that was the wrong exit uh <laughs> Hang on, maybe this is it. When you're on the job, no, you're not, not doing it right. <laughs> it's it's time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins! With Rick and Dave. Jenkins! That's not it. That's Jenkins. <laughs> um, let's see here. Where is the... This one? This Monkey. One. There we Monkey go. Perky. Got it. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Jenkins!